I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Talk about the VOD and the silver screen. Kevin and Tom and Joe know all there is to know. From masterpieces to deep fried tacos. And if the movie sucks, you might hear them say, There's no telling where the guys will take you. Get ready for a spoiler. Won't say it twice, cause we're already. Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Films, Narkitude, this is Real Spoilers, episode 625, The Sound of Metal. Me, 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 me. There you go, adding these to titles again that don't have those. <laughs> no, the, they need to come up with just a rule. Uh, either movies have a the or they don't. The Real the. Spoilers, the binge movies, binge the right. movies. Yeah, I get it. The yeah, Sound of Metal. Yeah. So, uh... Hey, look anyway, on the bright side. When, uh, it be, when it gets to Batman, it'll be it's called the Batman. So there you go. You're good to go. And I'm going to call it Batman. He's <laughs> <laughs> been waiting <laughs> his whole life because I'm obstinate. <laughs> so let's uh, go around the virtual table and everyone can introduce themselves. This is Joe. This is Kevin. And this is Tom. Before we dig into the movie, quick shameless plugs. Don't forget, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeart. Wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us. So uh, be sure and do that. Well, I mean, I guess you've done that because you're already there. You're already listening to us. But uh, if, if while you're there, subscribe so you never miss an episode. And also, if you want to leave a review, that's always helpful as well. Yeah, is uh, it? You can also check. Well, it's not all the okay. time. <laughs> it's generally helpful. Uh, it's about 95% <laughs> of the time it's helpful. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash real spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group. And of course, don't forget our Patreon, patreon.com slash real spoilers. We're for five bucks a month to get all sorts of bonus content and you help us out and that's appreciated. And of course, the easiest way you can help us, which doesn't cost you a dime except for the cost of your smartphone or computer and then your internet access. So I guess it does cost you <laughs> dimes, but it's times you've already spent, right? So it doesn't count specifically. This is the most literal <laughs> yeah. shameless plugs of all time. <laughs> So uh, you can share an episode uh, through Facebook or Twitter. And people who were kind enough to share the episode this week, Chris Williams, Lane LeVanway, Glenn Cougar Mellon Brewer, 
Tammy Sherman Powers, Julianne Jordan, Gabriel Lugo, Librarian Cynthia, Aaron Marlowe, Travis Tewitt, Ron Johnson, Chris Sanders, Chris Falls, uh, Colby Mack, Invasion of the Remake Podcast, a.k.a. Jeanette. We're, we've moved over to Twitter. You can tell because the names are here. <laughs> Mike, Mike, and Oscar. In Session Film, geek to me Radio, The Movie Journey Podcast, It's a Fandom Thing Podcast, Ryan L. Terry, and the Four is a Crowd Podcast. Uh, what about the Twinkie, which is true. What about the Twinkie? Um, I've always been more of a Twinkie guy myself. My God, that is though. a brilliant name. What about the Twinkie? <laughs> uh, Nerd Revert. Uh, I hope I'm saying this one right. I apologize if I'm not. Uh, Shariah Chawala? Chawala? So I know I didn't say it right. <laughs> you so, may have gotten uh, the first part right. Maybe. Maybe. But it pro- seems unlikely. But uh, <laughs> so if, if I slaughtered that and you want to hold me accountable, feel free to reach out. Uh, Matt Neglia, uh, Jump Cut Online, Feel and Film, Cinema Recall, and Binge Movie. So thank you very much, uh, guys, gals, and all points in between and beyond for sharing an episode. We greatly appreciate it. And uh, there's all that. Let's dig in, shall we? When I So when I started this movie, I realized that I that because of the pandemic... I wonder if films like this, and I'm going to call this a film because that's what this is, um, get have gotten more attention because there's nothing else to watch, right? Do you, like I'm wondering if like the the common moviegoer who maybe goes sees a movie a week uh, at the theater for whatever reason would would stumble upon things like this more. Oh, I see what you're saying. Not like this movie only is getting attention because the pool of movies has gotten lesser. I do mean but that, but I also mean the other not thing. Not quality wise, but he mean but I think what he's trying to say is, is this that, would basically be an art house. This movie. would yeah, this, that, this plays at a very small theater normally. Yeah. Right. And people who would typically maybe not venture into an art house yes. or even think about that kind of end of the pool of the pool of movies. It's like, well, now it's right in front of them on Amazon, and it's got metal in the title. Yeah. So, yeah, I think there is definitely something yeah. to that. As there more and more movies are getting delayed all the time, we just got a huge slate of 2021 releases. And that 2022. Are being and, like something just moved to 2022. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So you've got a whole year of things that have been delayed, and we just went through all those delays, and now we've got all these streaming releases that are dropping, and... You know, I think it's only natural that people are looking for content to fill the void in Amazon, certainly Netflix, Amazon. There, there are some that just have huge subscriber sure. bases. And so when something pops up in the new releases, I think people are, you know, they're searching for that new content. And that's good. That's what I'm, that's what I'm like. This, this is a pretty fantastic flick. Uh, performance yeah, I, wise. I, I think it, you're going to kind of see the, it's going to be kind of an equalizing of films yeah. in, in terms of, uh, that just, yeah, if it's baked into Amazon or Netflix or Hulu and it's right there on your main page, you're going to be like, now, you still have the gatekeepers of Netflix and Hulu, sure, of sure. course, and, and things like that. But like, but if a movie can get to there, there's really no difference between, you know, the next Avengers movie baked into your streaming service or the next art house movie baked into the main page of your screen, streaming service. It's just it's just another option. I And I, I also wonder if you'll start to see budgets on film start to come down maybe because it's going to be like what's the point of spending 200 million dollars on a movie if it's going to get a, not appreciably more streams than a 15 million dollar art house movie mm-hmm. that clicks with people you know and and so you you might you know people have been worried for a while about 
that you know the only the only way theaters and, and studios really kind of work with that business model is just the super expensive mass appeal movies and those smaller movies just kind of were starting to cease to exist and I, you know and and maybe this will see that pendulum swing back the other way yeah i mean just more eyeballs on the product right yeah Which and is what i you think want. i think they need to rein it in too. I I totally understand. There's some cool stuff that happens when you have a 200 to 250 million dollar budget, but also there are a lot of movies that don't need that. And we've talked about it before. When a film is forced to get creative and yeah. to work within its constraints, and especially a budget is very much uh, a huge constraint when it comes to film and love and, and how- monsters. Absolutely, great great example. But save yourselves, love and monsters. These indie movies that are, you know. They're little. They're art house. I mean, not necessarily art house. Yeah, I, I would. But I would. I would consider Save Yourself art house. I wouldn't that, consider yeah. Love and Monsters art house. But but it was like an eighty million dollar movie, and for what that movie did, well, it was like and, a forty million. Yeah, it was cheaper. Oh, was than it forty? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So I mean, for forty million dollars for that movie is that's ridiculous. Right. I mean. It, it, yeah, yeah. It, it's so I when you see what these movies can do. So when you see a movie like Love and Monsters and the scope of it and how it it's pretty, it's a pretty big movie for that budget. And it's a really you, big movie. Yeah, yeah and you can see, <laughs> look at what they look at what they're doing with that amount of money. Yeah. It shows you that it can happen. And so I think a lot of budgets have ballooned because studios were getting a ton of money on these movies, and it's like, well, yeah, spend more. We're gonna make more. And it, you know, it's just that that uh, stair step. You know, a little yeah. more, a little more, a little more. Well, and, and then I, when you everybody wants a franchise, but then when you create a franchise by that fourth or fifth fifth film, those actors are like, no, f you, pay me. Right, right. right. We talked about you know, the what was the Divergent series. Right, yeah. where they're like, let's just turn it into a TV show. And they're like, Chillian's Woodley's like, cool. No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let me know when it's on. I'll, div- <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll DVR it and then never watch yeah, it. Right, right. So, I mean, you know, it's kind of, I, it may be a good thing to press the reset button. And obviously, it's the circumstances suck, but they're, yeah, I, mean, I mean, it's, it's not ideal. But right, like it's a good. Th- on the one hand, it's a good thing to maybe hit the reset button. On the other hand, it would be nice if we didn't have to have half a million people to <laughs> right. do it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, but it's like, but you've, <laughs> it's like businesses. These, I mean, you've got a lot of people that are employed by movie studios, and whether it's the you know the technical people, or if it's the actors, or the people that work for the studio and administrative position, you know, think about the thousands and thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of jobs across the world that have to do with film, and it's like, oh, well, trust me, Tom Cruise will remind you, yeah, that <laughs> but you can't, how important you can't just businesses. So for those people, it's not like you can be like, well, we just have to wait it out for the pandemic. I mean these people their livelihoods are at stake here and so it's like adapt do the best that you can with the circumstances and we're in really crappy circumstances but maybe they can do things differently maybe they can bring the budgets down and get more creative with the way that they film and so it's going to force people to get more creative and force them to change the way that they think about making films because they're not going to just stop making them and so we're going to see some benefits come out of it again as terrible of a situation as this is uh you've got a lot of smart creative people that are going to make it work and it will be interesting to see in a couple of years and hopefully by a couple of years we'll be much in a much better <laughs> Golly. place uh, one can only hopefully help. It will be interesting to see how things have evolved with some time. Yeah, I'm just curious. Uh, quick side note: uh, Joe, have Joe? Did you get vaccinated yet? Uh, I have not, but I have. I just got word that it is coming. Because you're front line. Yes. So I didn't. Yeah. Know. My my wife has been vaccinated. My wife has right. got her second second dose uh, Friday, 
and we just we just got word this like this past week that we are in the process of getting ready to go. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah my uh, my wife's getting vaccinated on Wednesday. Woo! woo. Yeah, so, so she's ready I, for I, that microchip then. Yes, excellent, yes, perfect, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> outstanding. I, uh, um, but uh, but yeah, so I'm I, teasing. I just, by the way, yes, like, I know. Okay, <laughs> you never know. Yeah. I just want to. <laughs> yeah, I um, yeah, she did the uh, we did the 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 uh, the vaccine trial. So she got the placebo. I got the real thing, and so now they're bringing people back in that got the placebo. Oh, okay. I didn't realize thing. they were doing as that. Like a, That's awesome. As like a thank you, you know, as like <laughs> thanks for taking this water shot. Now here's the real thing, yeah. and yeah. So, but uh, so I was just curious if you. No, it is it is coming for, for us. Like yeah. in hopefully in the next two to three weeks. Gotcha. Thank but God. I love the idea of an art house movie like Sound of Metal getting yes. more exposure. No, totally. And, and, and I mean, the, this is the type of movie that I, I love to go see it. Like we have the Plaza Frontenac and the Tivoli and these, the landmark theaters or our um, art that's house That's a nationwide chain. So that's yeah, a lot exactly. of markets have those. Yeah. Yeah. So those are, that's where a lot of our art house movies play. And, and this is the type of movie that would go there. And I love to go watch those movies. And then I look around and, it's you know four other people and they're you know seventy or yeah, over there. Right, and, right, right, right. I've always know, wondered like I I guess they get they have busy nights. I've never been in one of those places where it was crowded. I have I've done midnight screenings there at least yeah. at the high point and they've been like to the gills. But if it's now, a midnight, now screening, granted those are different. That's a different right, movie. A di- that's yes, a different. Yes, we're yes, talking. Yes, yes. Yeah. So but so I always I go see these great movies and I look around and there's just no one there and it show you know it's such a different experience than going to see the the big blockbusters at your your chain theaters or you know the big megaplexes and so the idea that this is getting millions more views upon release right, 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 right. it's it's really cool to think about that because there are so many great films and they just don't they don't have a spielberg attached to them or whatever it, drives it reminds me of when mtv started how do you mean like so the the path to success for bands was radio Right? Oh sure, and then when MTV started, there was this other way, and obviously it's just a gatekeeper of a different sort. But in, especially initially on MTV, the record labels, you know, they MTV would call up and be like, "Can we get the new Rod Stewart video show?" And the Rod Stewart record label would be like, "What are you going to pay us?" And they were like, mm, "You didn't charge the record, <laughs> you didn't charge the radio station for that record. So how about you go f yourself?" And and so they started playing other bands right they started playing bands oh i see the sure, sure so they started playing duran duran and things like that and then all of a sudden the radio stations started getting blown up with requests for duran duran and then it became a radio hit that they couldn't ignore and then all of a sudden the record labels were scrambling on how to get their heritage artists onto vh1 and so or mtv rather so um they turned into vh1 <laughs> well that was for the yeah that was yeah, right. the, like the adult contemporary <laughs> version of mtv for a while but um so it like it you know like it just kind of reminds me of that and that there's this new delivery system and it's going to make stars of people that maybe wouldn't have been other stars otherwise like the star of sound of metal. Oh you that's a good point. I I guess I felt like that he was on that uptick anyway. I mean he, I I th- I agree but like I think this is going to be for a lot of people the first movie that they that's true. That's true. You know, uh, it's like the non the the people that are discovering it that wouldn't have gone to the art right. house theater. This could very well be their introduction. Not that they haven't seen him. I mean, he was in Rogue One. <laughs> I was saying, apparently they saw him in Venom because everybody he's turned a bad out for guy. that movie. For yeah, he's the bad reason. guy in Venom. Uh, you know, Rizamad is a great actor. He's yeah. in Nightcrawler. He's the guy that fall, 
balls around uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. If you haven't uh, seen The Night Of, I cannot recommend that enough. Like, it was a six or seven issue, issue, listen to me, mm-hmm. uh, episode, like, premiere miniseries on HBO, and oh, he's the I main remember. character. It's it's insanely good, uh, and he's the main character. Okay. It's I very, very even, good. I don't know anything about that, but yeah, Rizamod is a really good actor. Uh, the Sisters Brothers, remember that one with uh, Joaquin Phoenix? Oh, sure, sure. And John C. Riley. Yeah. yeah, I remember yeah. it coming out. I never saw it. Oh, you didn't see that one? Okay, mm-hmm. I yeah. like it. I mean, it's 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 different. You know, it's it's it is. Think of think of like first cow, but a western. You know, it's a slower. The first very cow was much, a western. <laughs> <laughs> well, you uh, gunslinging like okay. <laughs> act, You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. think about it, it's slow. It's a you know a more slow paced art house movie. Uh, when I first saw it advertised, I was thinking that it was going to be a little more action packed. And yet yeah. the sisters brothers, they don't do as much cool stuff as you're led to believe that these brothers are just awesome. You don't get to see as much as you were hoping for. It's still really good. It's just, it's, it's definitely more of a, you know, slow paced, methodical movie. Uh, but anyway, but he's in there with them. Um, he's been in a lot of great stuff. So yeah, he's, yeah. An, he's, an he's awesome real actor. good. He's really good. Well, this is the first time, I remember, I mean, and I've never seen that show that you say he's the main character of, but I mean, he's the lead in this movie and he's most of the movie. He is is the movie. Right. Focusing movie. Yeah. Yeah. So he gets his chance to shine and as good as he's been in other stuff, it's like, wow, this is his, you know, Oscar nominated performance. This, I mean, he, if he doesn't get a nomination, I can't imagine him not getting ridiculous. Yeah. So we'll get into it. But I, one of the things that I thought was the standout thing of this movie is, um, the premise is he's a he's a drummer in a two in a two person. I'm not going to call them a metal band. That was not. I, I mean, maybe it is metal now. It's not the metal that I grew up with. It sounded more yeah, like hardcore punk. Like, yeah, this, like that's no, what it felt the, like to me. But no, it's like screamo. Yeah, like, kind of evolves out of death metal. Like I, yeah, like I mean, it, it's. I mean, I used to book metal bands. That's fair. Like, that's fair. And the, a lot of them sounded like this. <laughs> and just to be clear, I hate it. Yeah, it's not good. Like, it's. It's not, like, no. I do not get the appeal, but there is definitely a market for it. I mean, it's club play, like the biggest band out there, at least in America, that's that sounds like that is probably good for like a thousand or fifteen hundred people. OK, but um, uh, now you go over to Europe. It's a different story. They but, love there's some metal over there. Yeah. But like, you know, like, in fact, the front man for one of the biggest bands of that kind of children of Bodom just passed away. He did. But another um, one got arrested. But, you know. Yeah, well, no, that's you know, that's that. <laughs> but um, but so I mean, like I said, but you, it's a solid club play. But you're gonna you're gonna be playing clubs, and this is what it's gonna look like. Now, if you're selling out clubs, your bus is gonna be a lot nicer than the I bus don't know, they, they got. A nice bus. What's that? It was a kind of a nice bus. Well, I think because she's got money. <laughs> that's fair. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this yeah. is an R- Their bus is an RV. It's like a that's something yeah, that people right. would live in, not yeah. just a a trailer type of thing to travel in. Like right, this was right. their house, and and uh, yeah. But but the the main thing though is that the these two. I mean, she kind of goes away for the middle part of the movie, right? Yeah, so she like, does. Do you recognize her? By the way. Um, I recognized her. I couldn't remember from she's what, the though. she's the love interest in Bates Motel with Norman. Oh, and that's because I just yeah, I was yeah. just watching. Okay, Olivia Cook is yes, and she's also the uh, oh, she's Artemis from Ready Player One. Yes. That's what yes. it is. Okay. But she's much better on uh, Bates Motel. 
Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't really get to see her for that much in no, that's Ready true. Player One either. She's a voice. No, that's true. A, that's a good point. She's yeah. a voice actor. <laughs> Remember, like eighty-five percent of that movie is animated. <laughs> that's true. Yet yeah, somehow couldn't qualify for an animated film. But the I whole know. thing is almost CG. Right. Like that's the weird part about that. Anyway, um, but the two of them are, are like the two leads. But he really is most of the movie, and so yeah, um, yeah it's it's fantastic. But anyway, back. to I will their say. I will metal. say the the. Well, I'm just saying like the we'll get into it as we go forward yeah uh but the best thing about this movie in my opinion technically is how they work around uh being deaf and the different right. and the different uh ways that you are the different ways you can cope with being i don't is that appropriate the cope being with being deaf well that's what's interesting i mean in this yeah, movie like, and and yeah because like so for for deaf so there's two ways to spell deaf you can spell it with a lowercase d or a capital D. True, and and so and it fluctuates in this movie too. Yeah, so a lowercase d is basic is the is the physical condition of not being able to hear. The uppercase d is is referring to the community of deaf people, and deaf people consider it very much a culture, or a lot of I shouldn't say all deaf people, but a, a good chunk of deaf people consider it a culture, right? And so they, you know, they and. and they don't like cochlear implants because to them it's the it's it's tantamount to saying take this pill and you won't be black anymore. Do you do or you take think, this pill and you won't be gay anymore? Do you think that is uh, so? In this movie, we have different people, right? We have folks who were born deaf, and then we have uh, a couple of folks who it happens to them as they get older. The way I interpret this movie is the people who are born with it do have that mentality that it's not a it's just a part of our life it's not a disability then the and the implants are insulting where i feel like the people who <clears throat> lose their hearing later in life don't feel that way yeah i mean i think that there's probably a lot of truth to that i mean i know that you know i like i get what they're saying but if if i if i lost my hearing today my goal in life would be to how get, do I get my get hearing something back, back. You know, and and I, but I think that the the point that a lot of deaf people try to make in this movie, I think, tries to make and makes well is that even if even with the cochlear implant, you're never going to get hearing back in the same way. Right. So if you're not going to get it back right, then then maybe you should just embrace this other way of living. Yeah. And and so our character, Ruben, what happens is, is he is this. He's the, like I said, the second part of this metal band. Uh, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, uh, he goes deaf. Like, he just loses his hearing. And and to me, I take it as, like, it was a thing that had been happening, and he just kind of ignored it until this one yeah. moment where that was it. It seemed like it was deteriorating, but he was, like, because we see the one scene where... It, all of a sudden it goes from sound to very muffled sound right. but i kind of got the idea too that that it wasn't necessarily the first time but it was not as severe and then yeah you That's, put it yeah. off for so long and then all of a sudden it's an issue right um so he freaks out like he goes to a bunch of doctors um he's kind of, it's tough like he is not the most likable character throughout this movie he definitely does have a character change but overall, he's kind of a jerk in the beginning, at least. But you to know, he's Lou, dealing his, with stuff. He too. is. Yeah, totally. he's an addict. Is the thing. It, that's yeah. the other thing. Is like, it, there's it, all kinds of. He's got all of this baggage that comes along with the fact that now he's deaf. Well, and I, and see, I didn't really take it as he was a jerk because I took it as he's an addict, and I kind of feel like you know, he's met this girl, 
they've got this band that's starting to get a little bit of traction and 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 like things are looking up and he's been clean for for good amount of time it's what's been four, four years, five years four years yeah and it's been about six weeks since I've seen this movie okay so. um uh and 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 that you know like he he really likes the life that they've built and yes. are continuing to build for themselves and that the music that they're creating and the fan base they're starting to build and then now this right and and so he's he's really do, really frustrated. Do you think that, really the when I say he's a jerk, I think kind of the main issue that I took was like he goes to see this doctor without telling Lou, who is the the girl in this band. Uh, right, her name is Louise, but he calls her Lou. Um, and I guess in 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 the initial viewing, I was like, God, just tell her. Like it's the it's the same trope that we see all the time where it's like you know the situation could be somewhat resolved if you just tell the yeah. one person. But, he's, that needs but to it's know. human too. He's but scared. I, as he, I'm talking about it, I could see not wanting to freak her out. Yeah, and he doesn't want to lose her. He doesn't want to freak her out. He doesn't want to lose her. I think he's also embarrassed and yeah. like his, his like his identity is as a musician. Right. So right, like if right, he right, can't right. hear now what and they're on the up and up and it and uh he feels like uh if he were to tell her that she may kick him to the curb and find someone else to be a part of the band and that, I mean, so he's well, trying she doesn't to find he's trying, somebody else but but he's trying to fix it before it gets to that well he doesn't even right. want to put that out there so yeah uh, he's he's hoping he can go find some quick fix like yeah. oh you just got a lot of wax build up right. let me you get a candle or whatever kind of gr- crazy holistic stuff they do and he can go back and tell this funny story <laughs> remember the other night when i sucked well it was because <laughs> of this thing and it's fixed and isn't that a hoot let's go back that, to that's or, you know that's another thing that makes these characters interesting in a movie like this because it could just be a generic your typical kind of you know the way that a character deals with something like this but here we have a very complex character we have Mm -hmm. an addict and we get to see how this addict deals with things and so he's been clean for four years but when faced with a life altering adversity what's the first thing that an addict is probably apt to do it's you know fall back on those old crutches and and to lose you, you can kind of even like understand it right like sure. as someone who 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 doesn't have to uh navigate life with a disability other than i'm short but uh <laughs> but it's not really one i know don't at me um but uh um but who, someone who doesn't you know that he's kind of like well crap if if i can't play music and that's my self-identity and i can't even listen to music and that's my first true love and it is his true love because you see them listening to music and it's not even metal they're listening to no it's like like some old some like 1930s kind of stuff yeah which is also very common most of your favorite metal bands when they're done and they go back to their bus they ain't listening to metal music no that that's they don't they don't want it no um uh some of them don't even want music. I got yelled at by Dave Mustaine once. I was driving him to back to his hotel. Gets in the car and 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 I have the radio and I have the volume on like two, right? Like I'm not even you know, and I and I tend to listen when I leave a show like that. Listen to like the soft rock station on the way home because it's like I just need something. So it's like so that, you weren't listening to Metallica, right? Yeah. So it was that on two, and he gets in. He's just like turn the shit off, and I'm just like. Okay, whatever. Actually, Enter <laughs> Sandman's a great song. I don't know if you've heard of these guys. Like, they're fantastic. <laughs> they should check them out. But, um, but yeah, but so I just I I get the appeal, like, of being like, well, if if this is what my life's gonna look like, I 
I might as well just go back to using drugs. Well, that's and that to and I really like that the Lou character who jumps into overdrive, right? Like she yeah. calls uh, who I assume was Ruben's sponsor, and is like, "Look, man, like this is where we are. I think we're I think we're close to a breaking point." Uh, and so she goes. She immediately goes into his corner, um, and the the sponsor it looks like finds well it's not like he he does he finds like a uh rehab facility for deaf people so not only is it um for people who are newly deaf but it's also for addicts who are deaf so it's this twofer uh yeah. and and ruben he's trying right like he's trying to be receptive but at the same time he's like nope like i i don't want to do this like they you know basically they say the the guy in charge joe was that his name? Uh, yeah, Paul uh, Paul Racky. Who is fan? The, he's got a man. Yeah. That that last scene with him, he's is he's fantastic. A, I thought he was amazing in this entire film. So he was raised by two deaf parents. So oh, is that's that right? why he that knows, makes sense. You know, I mean, he's a phenomenal actor as you can see, but he really does know American Sign Language, and so uh, obviously growing up with that his whole life and using it, uh, and also being an actor, so he brings a lot to the table here, and uh, he's phenomenal. He actually won Best Supporting Actor at, with the St. Louis Film Critics this year. Oh wow! Well, and, he and it, and other critics nominations around the country have have you know recognized his talent but just for our group that tom and i are both a part of it's i mean he, he won best supporting uh <laughs> but so just to be clear he's mocking our fanciness of the film critics oh yes 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 that's what not I'm doing. the way no no some no people yeah have trouble hearing speak <laughs> no, no. i thought this is what you were doing at first i was like what oh no 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 okay well, that's the sound of him putting on a bow tie and adjusting. Yes, yes. yes. Side Sorry. to side. Excuse was... me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did. But I did like that. So, uh, Ruben can hear nothing, and but he can. But he can speak. Like he ha- he has his normal voice. Um, Joe, the runner of this uh, house, can read lips but can't hear anything. But then the people in the house. Uh, can do all there's like there's all different there's spectrums spectrum. of, yeah. of being deaf in this movie and i think so paul lost his in the war so yeah he, had, he, he said he lost his in vietnam a bomb went yeah. off near him and you know it, it's interesting because he you hear music plays a different part throughout this film to different characters and the last thing he was doing he was listening to a song and then lost his hearing so that was the last thing he heard was music and he says he can still remember the song that played when he lost his hearing so i thought that was an interesting little touch the way that music was a part of his life and it's just a very small line but that was you know it was his last thing he heard right Uh, so so he he speaks very well and again did not grow up deaf but but he also can speak Right. Uh, because he did not lose, he did he he had his hearing before, so he can speak perfectly fine as well. Um, so what happens is is uh, it comes down to if Ruben is going to stay at this can at this at this house, he needs to give up his cell phone, give up his RV, and uh, Lou cannot stay with him. And that's kind you know that when you've already lost this massive part of your life, and now somebody else is telling you you have to give up legitimately everything else about your yeah. life uh you know he has a hard time with it yeah i would say he's 
extremely not receptive to this idea. He's the opposite of receptive. I think he's, he's trying fighting, to. Yeah. He's listening, but he but he's he's listening, but he's not hearing, which is what I've been told. I do a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, I <laughs> it, you know he's very much not wanting to do this, but Lou sees this as the only option. She knows that he's going to fall back on his old ways, which we hear later Correct. in a conversation with Joe that yeah that, I mean, basically saying how close are you yeah that's exactly what he would have done and to try to cope with these circumstances and so to her credit I mean that character got him in and she could have he you know he's I'm fine I'm fine we'll figure it out and she was not going to take that and she no she did what she needed to do to save his life yeah which is not an easy thing to do yeah from anybody's point of view they are in the middle of a tour things are going well right, you know they're right, touring right, the country right. and they've and they lo- genuinely love each other these two are a really good couple together they seem i mean everything that we see there's no issues going on i mean things are going quite well until this happens and he does have that moment of like like pure rage and it's hard to tell if like that's one of those things that's always under the surface or if that's i have li- i've lost everything and i have nowhere to put this anger i, I I took it as that. Yeah, I because, didn't see any hints of that throughout the film yeah. until, I mean, if you, Tom mentioned he rattled off the list of all the things that he was losing. I mean, his life is in yeah. shambles because he's a musician, you know, right. and, and things are going well for him and he loses his hearing and his ability to perform his job and to listen to what he loves and all this. And he's frustrated. And so, and I, I think it, that it, there's a point in time where he's thinking I can manage this. Mm. Like yes, I can, correct. I can figure out a way like, like you can give me visual cues or I can, there's something like, and then I think that's the moment when he realizes he can't manage this. Right. Like it's not manageable, at least not in the, in, in the way that he, he can't man there. It is manageable, but it's he doesn't have the skill set, correct? And, he, and so that means there's got to there's got to be a different way, or there's no way. And he doesn't at that moment probably thinks there's no way, or whatever the way is involves a complete upending of how he's lived of everything. His life. Yeah. And yeah, look at when he goes to the doctor, like Joe was mentioning. When he goes to the doctor, it's all just like, okay, what's next? What's the next step? Okay, do you have the implants here? Right. How <laughs> yeah. much do they cost? Do you have them in the stock? Like let's, eighty let's, grand. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, let's will go. you take a, a third party post dated out of state check? <laughs> yeah, that's that one of my favorite lines bounce. of dialogue in the film, actually. <laughs> yeah, but the doctor is basically like, your only goal is to preserve what hearing you have left, which was ten to twenty percent. Right. You're, he's like, you're missing. 85% of everything and you need to stay away from loud music you need to preserve like you're this isn't about getting anything back you'll never well, so he get, says he's like you're never getting it back right so right. you're just trying to save what you got left yeah and then the next scene is him performing right so and, he's but, very and not performing well <laughs> right yes. right and that's where I think, it, I think it, he's it doing okay up. until he gets to a certain point where he can't like Lou turns or I thought it was really interesting like Lou turns around and he loses it because yeah. I, I think he was able to keep up with her just by looking at what she was doing. The he visual could, cues. He figure and, it out. And the muscle memory of the yeah. song. Right. But, but as soon yeah. as she turns around, he can't see anything. And so, that's when it yeah. all falls apart. And Correct. And she figures out what's going on. But his mindset is, is like quick fix, you know, and not how, right. mu- how am I going to live with this? It's how are we going to fix this? And that's what this film really is, is learning to cope with 
you know, this life altering event and, and, and learning how to be okay, the acceptance and uh, the growth of this character that we see in this, it's like a two hour ish movie. Um, it's amazing. But I mean, he starts off in, in a completely different place and, and really you get to know this character and he does a fantastic job of really selling that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. that, that growth. I liked so yeah so he he joins the, the this home uh, and he starts to get to work and he's still very abrasive with everybody a because he can't talk like he they, they he can't hear them and they can't hear him he, so it's like this, going he to a foreign country that doesn't yeah. speak English it's exactly right it, that's exactly he right. has no idea what they're saying and and I felt that like the mm-hmm. through yeah. Rizamad's performance I felt that because most of the film is silent I mean because they're not talking and throughout the film there's less and less even whisper like even inkling of talking and it's largely unsubtitled so when he's which I thought was my fault I was like yeah so it's a turn them on so it's immersive, right? Yes. So it, like you you definitely see it from his point of view because as as they're having conversations amongst themselves, the, the the deaf people in this house are having conversations among themselves, like we don't know what they're saying either. Right. And like and then they laugh and then you have that same moment of like, are they laughing at him? Or are they just like what's going on? And so like it it really um it it really makes you feel what he must be feeling because like you don't know what anybody's saying. Either, right. It was right. like thought, watching a foreign film without subtitles. You're trying to yeah. figure it out. You're right there with him. And it was a really neat way that they did it. And I also noticed as he learned more sign language and got yes. used to it, the subtitles came back in. Yes. Which right. I thought was a brilliant because choice. he was able to kind of talk as he was doing the sign language. And so as the viewer, we were right there with him and even the subtitles took us on that journey was really neat right yeah uh so so joe kind of lays out the rules for him he's got uh, a job to do he's got chores around the house uh and also he enrolls him in a school uh like a grade school because ruben has to start from ground zero and work his way up to learn this language and to learn sign language and to learn uh skills and things like that one of the most touching scenes of the whole film i thought was um Ruben's sitting with this class and at this point in the film Ruben has started to um, become acclimated to this world like he's he's getting in with the kids and he's having fun with these kids um, and so he's he's kind yeah, of from looks, this point once he goes to like the 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 grade school part from that point on it's pretty much just Billy Madison but with deaf people <laughs> <laughs> which was an odd twist for the movie I'm like well this is totally different but okay I'll lifts up his it. shirt and says oh yeah, yeah it's Frank's uh, uh so, but one of the most touching scene, one of the, one of them is Ruben looks like he'd had kind of, he just needed a break from the whole situation. So he's going to sit outside and he's sitting on the, like this tin uh, slide and there's a boy who also is sitting out there who is touching the slide and Ruben's kind of doing the drum thing, right? Cause he's a drummer and the kid feels it, like feels the vibrations through the, through the slide and Ruben's just kind of doing his thing. And then he, the kid puts his head on the slide to feel the vibrations i guess in his ear canal which is how i took that is just so he could feel right because he can't hear it but he can feel I the vibrations his whole there. body i think that it just he felt it and so it was a nice metaphor for hearing was yeah. that he put his head to the slide to feel the music and right and it, ruben was in it and yeah. that that gave ruben kind of like a uh something for something that he could do with the kids so we see them doing kind of like they're um 
all the kids are sitting around in a circle and they're using like big plastic buckets as a drums kit. And so they can feel everything vibrate through. And I was like, God, that's, that's so good. Like that's such a great like scene to um, humanize Ruben a little bit more. Cause he mm-hmm. has been kind of hard to uh, not like, but he's just having a hard time. Right. Yeah. And this gave him, gave him an opportunity to, to be a little bit more likable. And from that point on, it's really, he's getting acclimated to his new life. We see him interacting with people in a different way where it was very reserved and very frustrating for him. And he couldn't understand people. And he was, you why, know, he, why, maybe you can, why did Joe put him in that room every day? Like, well, what was I that think about? he had to be a, like, he was trying to find ways to distract himself from the silence and yeah. Joe was trying to teach ah. him to live with the silence, take it in because he's okay. like, he's basically like no one can take away, no matter what is going on in the world, no one can take away your, you know, if you let yourself the silence, like you're there, you're it, things sure, are silence, sure, sure. let yourself take it in. And so he wanted him to hone in on it and actually use the silence as a, a way to meditate okay. and to, to be free, like use the silence. Don't be, you know. Don't, don't be, be suspicious. Don't be <laughs> suspicious. Uh, Jean-Ralphio Saberstein. Yeah, that's right. That's the right. great uh, prophet. <laughs> so good. So good. So, yeah, he, he, we see a couple of moments where he blows up before things start getting better for him. And again, I mean, I felt that frustration. I felt the... Um, that poor donut. Yeah, I know. But he puts it back together. But then <laughs> he, he does put it back it. together a few uh, times and then smashes uh, it again. Because yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, well, I still got to eat this. Let me put this together and do a donut. <laughs> nope, just smash it. So, but we, we see him blow up and... And it's after, you know, we don't have the subtitles. We don't know what people are saying. I think in that situation, you also might think people might be making fun of you. Like, he doesn't know what they're saying. And they're making Mm -hmm. these hand, like, gestures to where I'm like, you know, and they seem to all be having a pretty good time. And so I felt bad for him because you you don't know. You don't know. And his mind is wondering what uh, these people are doing. And so we see him blow up a couple times. And one of them is during this first scene where Joe makes him, you know, go and do this writing and be alone and and he really just you know is getting smashed frustrated and and i I think you forget it's like at least me like i was lost in the character and forgot that this was rizamad right like yeah he sells this performance and this character so much i didn't even though i know him from other things i saw the character like he gets lost in this performance and you forget like sometimes i forgot that he was an actor i'm like i felt this character this man yeah, the movie's got a very uh documentary style yeah to the it. feel of it, it does yeah 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 so uh, I, I just thought that was wonderful where you know you got to give him credit where credit's due he disappears into this role and that's why i say i can't imagine not being nominated for an oscar for this performance because this is among the best performances i saw of 2020 films easily easily um yeah so he I uh, maybe he just feels like I've gone as far as I can go here. So he talks to one of the great scenes is where he's drawing like a naked girl for yeah. somebody in the house and like they're signing back and forth and she was like, "No, put more hair on it." He's like, "No, not that much." Like and so he's like, but then cuz she wants he, a tattoo. He so. wants a tattoo of this of this girl. Um so he decides to sell everything, right? He sell like inside the RV. He's got like a soundboard and all of this musical equipment. Oh, this, yeah, all this audio equipment that yeah. they would use for the. Oh band. yeah, she flew um, back home or where dad lives in yeah, France. Yeah, she left. Yeah, and so she. No, ha- no, no. Did she? I thought she just went away. Well, she like because the dad lives in New York, right? No, he's was there in France. France. Well, then you could tell because the ladies wore no pants. Of course. <laughs> what was I thinking? Yeah. But so. 
so he goes back to New York by because I mean that's where Lou that's well, that's where Ruben ends up is New York at the end of the movie. He's not in France. They're in France. They're in France. Did it it's been say six that? Weeks for me, but I'm almost positive because he. I thought they were in New York. Oh, no, were they? Sure. Or was the I'm was the dad po- just French? I, and we took it as they were in French. France. I thought they the, were in the, France. The dad is French, but I. Th- I guess they the didn't really Ruben show him like with a passport and stuff. Yeah, I guess that would have been a little <laughs> more complicated. I think he just drove to New York. Okay, maybe that makes more sense logistically. That would be a hell of a, a, a what do you call it? Like um, hitchhiking. That and also just like I'm going to get my girlfriend back. I'm going to France. That's true. I I, <laughs> you know? I thought that he was in France. I mean, the dad is absolutely clearly definitely French, French. and uh, yes. I took it as that he was in France, but I guess it's just New York. I think it's New York. Okay, I think. No, I could be Paris. wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's New York. No, Wikipedia says discovering her to be experimenting with her own music in Paris. So, okay. so she's was... in Paris, right? Like, so, yes, but by the which by is the, in France by the end of, by the <laughs> end of the movie, Lou's dad lives in New York. How did Lou you... is Lou is in France because we see him like looking on YouTube and finding videos of her basically replacing him with a sound machine, uh, and. But he is Lou. How did you the, get that he's in New York, though? I don't. I just. I, for some, I guess I just thought there's no. Uh, I never thought. I don't think different. New York plays a role in any of this because according to this, I'm going by Wikipedia. Says Ruben after he says once the cochlear implants are implanted, uh, blah blah. He's disappointed. He fi- he finds him irritating, and then Ruben flies to meet Lou at her wealthy father Richard's house in Belgium. Do we ever see him on a plane? No, but I, I just we, think that they skipped over the airport. That. Okay. Well, I mean, that we could have, but in my defense, the the jump <laughs> from like Jersey or wherever he was at, at that house to Belgium <laughs> is a pretty big leap for a guy that has no money. I guess I figured he had money, a little bit of money left, but not enough to buy his stuff back. I I think he clearly had enough money to sell all that equipment. That's true. I just I just assumed. (laughs) Oh, I guess that's probably true because the guy. Oh no, he only sold that RV for twenty six thousand dollars. The implant was like eighty. It doesn't. This is stupid. This is a dumb argument. Right. (laughs) Well, he had. I mean, music equipment's expensive, and so he did have a lot of soundboards. He had drum kits. He had. I mean, he was he was selling stuff off and. Also, if he put a down payment down, there may he may have had a payment plan. Like they don't necessarily probably yeah. take it all up front. So yeah, maybe you know there's way. there are ways around it. I think, but yeah, I I just I took it. It seemed very French to me. I okay the streets, totally the buildings. Like, like I just right. thought they were nobody got mugged. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so he he realizes that he needs to get out of here. So he does. He sells all of his stuff. Uh, he gets the implant with like the plan. He thinks his plan, like I guess, in his just hopeful mind and unknowing, right? Like he's kind of—I I don't mean this in a, in a direct, but he's ignorant about what this implant is going to do. Well, that I mean, again, he never really lost that, even though he gets used to the lifestyle. Remember his first appointment with the doctor? Okay, you got these in stock. Like, let's go. He never really lost sight of that. At the end of the day, he was never going to stop trying to get his hearing back. As much yeah, to as, him, the, staying at this place was just it temporary. Was a, it, it was a way station. Yeah, like, yeah. And he right, was right, gonna, right. You know, he never wanted to be back. there, and he did it. But even though he was enjoying it, it was never his plan to. Oh well, now I'm just going to be here, you know. And so he he found a solution to get 
to try to get his hearing back and try to get Lou back and all this stuff. And so he tries to come up with this plan of like, he sells the RV real cheap, but he says, the only way I'm going to do this is if you let me come back and buy it off you within eight weeks for 10% more. And so the guy's like, why would I do that? Yeah. So he's like, just give me, just do it. He makes that deal. You know, in his mind, he's like, I'm going to get this money, get my hearing back, get the girl, get money, be able to get my life back. Like it doesn't make sense, but to him, he just has this kind of, pie in the sky you know what i mean he's just yeah. like no totally i can yeah, do I it it's gonna right. all work out and even though he, it, it is when they call it um like an addict's mentality yeah they're absolutely right Right. that's what i mean like he yeah he's thinking totally illogically it's a terrible plan and that scene between him and paul racky is amazing like, oh that, man that's so, a yeah great... when he, so he get yeah he gets the surgery comes back this is this my out of the three scenes, there's three amazing scenes. Oh, and that uh, tough, that doctor's beats. office. The doctor's That's a great when scene he gets as well. the cochlear yes. implants and he, and, uh, oh, I guess that's He's a little like, bit after, but, but that's when he, when he goes to finally get them activated, that's another yes. one where you just right. feel his, his heart. Well, he, I, I think that he assumed that this implant, what he would just hear is normal. And the doctor's like, it's not like it's the, the implant is bypassing like a piece of your, of your brain to make it think that not it's the hearing. brain the cochlea the like cochlea yeah like that's your, the part your, that moves that allows you to hear and so right. this bypasses that and hooks into your brain so it tricks your brain to think it's hearing things right but you're literally it's not, not hearing anything and so right it has to you have to adapt to this new way of tricking your brain so but anyway we can get to that i just didn't want to skip over the uh, another acting another yes. scene where you just feel the heartbreak of him realizing that his plan is going to crap to where he he threw everything away his new life that that he had at this place after this. yeah and he he's he's made relationships with these kids and then the people in the house so he's made all these relationships uh and we come to find out that he's kind of screwed all of that up because the, by getting by getting the implants he has they screwed look at that as an insult yes right and, like that's insulting well and i don't right. think in like joe in in this heart to heart they have which is another amazing heartbreaking scene for both the characters i don't think joe takes it that way but he also knows that he has a lot of kids that are yes. learning to live with. Women. I don't think Joe looks at it that way because he's somebody that lost his hearing yes. later in I, life. I, I feel like Joe understands what Ruben's doing, but I think he also is trying to convey to Ruben that from Joe's vantage point, it's futile. Yes. And you're, and you're better off to build this new life than to try and chase that old one. But Correct. but also Ruben's only one person and as much as he cares about Ruben, he has an entire school of right. kids and he's raising them that being deaf is not a disability and he's right. teaching them how to live and then go on and live their own lives and everything. So if he allows Ruben to be there and and live with them and be among them and they see oh well there's just a solution to not be this anymore it defeats the entire purpose of what it he's defeats everything teaching them and so it's heartbreaking that he basically is like you can't be here yeah that's that's the gut pun- that's the gut punch is joe likes ruben right like they're they're becoming for they are friends and he kind of he has it breaks his heart to tell him that you can't stay here and from what i understand about cochlear implants is that um I, like, I don't want to speak out of turn and ab- upset people from this community, but the way I understand about cochlear implants is that you need to either get them when you're very, 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 very young, or you need to get them if you 
have already if you lose your hearing later in life mm, right okay that um that if you if if you give them to someone who was born deaf when they're eight or nine years old like their brain has not developed the speech patterns oh, sure, and, sure, and, sure. And, the, and the language processing in the same way so it's a lot more difficult for them to like kind of for their brains to learn to interpret the sounds correctly um, like their brains so, can't fill in the part, the rest that they're missing because they don't know what that right. Because sound you like. you learn language very young and you learn it by by soaking it in, mm-hmm. right? Like just it's what everyone around you is speaking, and you start to pick it pick it up regard regardless of what the language is. But your brain it's it learns to do that, and it and but there's a certain point in the developmental process that that uh, that your brain stops doesn't have that ability anymore or it doesn't have that ability to the same degree and so so cochlear implants they really want to get them in kids when they're like little little before they're kind of done mm-hmm. and past that developmental point or they're good for adults like I, I, I'm not trying to get political but like when Rush Limbaugh lost his hearing he got cochlear implants because uh, you know be, because he was an adult and so you're it, saying there's a chance that Huey Lewis could tour again I don't know because I know it's a lot different. D- with just music. say yes. It doesn't interpret music. Yeah. The same did you way. see oh, this movie? No, yeah, I know. Like, did you see how like, music and, was? And yeah. I remember. Right, right, right. I remember Rush Limbaugh talking about that because Rush Limbaugh is a big fan of music and has has a large knowledge base about surprisingly about gangster music. rap. Who knew? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. um, and so he was saying how upset you know how upsetting it was that music never sounded the same, and he just kind of stopped listening to it. Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah, so gets the implants. Joe says, you got to go. Uh, and this is where he's like, okay, well, very much in an addict. He's he's giving ideas that don't make sense, right? He says that Lou's dad is very rich. He'll take care of it. No, not a big deal. He so tries to borrow the money. Cut, he tries to borrow $26,000 yeah. from Joe. <laughs> well, no, it'd be like 36 because it's Well, 10% more. over 23 yeah. th- whatever it'd be a little under thirty thousand, but he's trying to borrow a large sum of money yeah. no big deal i'll just pay it back and it's like yes yeah, <laughs> yeah i was like okay sure and, sounds like an addict and he, right he 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 re- you know he brings him back down and is like you sound like an addict and and he you know ruben apologizes and he he leaves apparently goes to Br- belgium well he goes to the doctor there's that heartbreaking activation right. scene where no matter how much the doctor tweaks it it's not what he expected he expected well i just sold all this stuff perfect, and paid perfect hearing yeah again. paid 40 to eighty thousand dollars. my hearing's back now right and it's like no you have to learn sort of learn kind of and so then he goes yeah. to belgium and he's seen he meets we meet lou's dad and he's very wealthy and he's got this massive like deceptively big house that looks like it should be kind of a crap hole and then all of a sudden they open the door it's like oh jesus it's like a mansion um and (laughs) so paris it's just a different type of it could be yeah i think it's a a chalet if you will oh uh so he has this uh, another great one-on-one conversation with lou's dad where lou's dad's like man i did not like you like you took my took my daughter away and you were doing this stupid music stuff and it was just not like what I wanted but now that I've talked to you I realize you know you guys are okay together and you know you're a good dude um and Lou shows back up and she's got her hair cut and before she had very much like a uh alt punk kind of look where she's got like long hair with her eyebrows dyed uh bleached basically well now uh her hair is short and she she looks health she honestly she looked healthier um and her eyebrows are back to the normal color and they 
embrace immediately and that's what i did kind of i did kind of like is that sometimes when we see this in movies where a couple separates the the boyfriend or girlfriend comes back and it's immediately like nope no thank you like i've moved on what i really thought was interesting about this film is that they subvert your your expectations of these tropes where when he goes to this rehab and and learns how to live with his new deafness he she he says wait for me wait for me you're my heart you're everything and she says okay and and then you think there's all this time apart and he's found his new life and i thought either like he wasn't going to be interested or she was right. going to get a boyfriend like they keep hinting at like he's trying to he sneaks on the computer sees what she's doing and he thought a guy was going to come into the frame these are my, in my brain i'm thinking oh no, totally, you're going to totally. see a guy you're going to you know i kept going through all these tropes and at the end of the day they both evolved separately but she never to to her credit she immediately goes like jumps into his arms and they're making out like it's immediate like she ever even betrayed him or you know they just kind of grew apart in different directions but it wasn't like a betrayal of trust or cheating on him or anything so i just i like how these characters i think both were really good people they never tried to make one and it's like what he needs in life she can't really be a part of Mm. right and And, and vice versa Right, and so it's like, well, then nobody's mad, but it, it's it's sad, but it, it, you know. I think that they would have, she would have gone back to that life, right? Like, there's the scene at the end, big party ensues, and he just can't, like, he can't get it together in his ears, uh, so he takes the implant. No, wait, that's later. Um, but basically what happens is... You see that, I mean, he now has given up everything, his whole new life, that he was had a great life going <laughs> there on. There is a moment where she's like, what about the rv yeah he's like nah don't worry but about it. Don't he, he gave <laughs> up everything to try to go back to his life and then what he found was a world that he wasn't he couldn't live in anymore i mean compared right. to what he found he's like wow now i have to go back and it's constantly fighting to hear what people are saying and loud noises and not you know it it was a complete 180 couldn't do it anymore yeah couldn't do it anymore so they they have this scene where they they sleep together and they wake up the next morning and they're talking and he's like, all right, we're ready to go. We can get back on the road. And he's like, oh, he does make a comment earlier where he says there's no scratch marks on your arm. Like, that's great. Like you're doing, you know, that's fantastic, which I assume is just like an anxious tick that she probably had while they were on the road. Um, so as they're sitting there talking, she immediately goes to her arm and starts scratching it. And in that moment, he realizes this isn't going to work. Like this, our old life is not going to work anymore. So rather than push what he wanted, he walks away and not in a mean way, but he just realizes that our our old life together isn't going to work. Yeah, the embrace that they have. I mean, it's a really, really sweet moment when he's just like, it's OK. He realizes that it's not. Yeah, yeah, work. yeah. I think that was that I, they don't say you know like she's like what's okay what's okay he's like no it's okay it's fine. but you just can it's okay he, he realizes in that moment that as much as he loves her and she loves him and they care about each other they're they're on two different paths you know she's cleaning her not not that she wasn't clean i don't know about drug use and all that but like I think she's said, probably gotten mentally she healthier. looks healthier and she looks like she's yeah. in a good place and so he realizes that he's either going to drag her back down to that and that he's this world is just not one that he's used to anymore and so he's just like it's all right and you saved my life and she's like you saved mine too and they have this really really sweet moment but that's yeah. the last time that we see them interact the next morning he packs his bag and leaves and walks away and, well, yeah, and dan savage says this all the time and it's so true but not every relationship that ends is a failure mm-hmm. no no i you think know? that's a and I, I have kind of lived by you know you have a lot of relationships in your life and sometimes they fall by the wayside it doesn't mean 
you doesn't know. mean it was it was it was bad. I mean, I, I have, sometimes I, they I, are. I, Let's not. Forget. Oh, absolutely, I have an ex wife that I can't stand, <laughs> but I have I have ex girlfriends that I think very fondly of. We sure, just, neither one of us want to be together anymore. Yeah, but we I don't think less of the other. We just don't want to do it. Right, but um, but this last so scene is the last scene. I think is the very powerful yeah, yeah. where he's sitting in like a park and there's people everywhere and it's just in very loud it's very new york um, city belgium new york city new belgium, york, belgium. Right. <laughs> new york new belgium new belgium uh, <laughs> wait is that a thing is there a new belgium i don't know uh <laughs> that's a brewery it's, it's, <laughs> yeah maybe that's <laughs> what it is yeah that's the alcoholic yes. that's what that is uh so he finally ta- listens to what joe's listen to joe's listens to joe's advice uh, and he takes the implants out and he just sits there in silence, closes his eyes and just embraces uh, everything that he cannot hear. Yeah. And that's how the movie ends. And I have to think that in my mind, and it's not to any detriment of the story or anything, but like if I were to imagine what happens, I feel like he has to just give up the implants and go back and be a part of that community. That's how again. I took it. Or both, like, yeah, probably. I took it that way, that it was like that it, he was accepting his deafness and that he mm. was going to re- return to that. That That's exactly how I yeah. how I took it. Yeah. I know it leaves it open-ended, but... Yeah, in my mind, I wrote fact, it. Oh, good, a sequel. Because yeah. I, I can't imagine he's just going to give up his deafness, and now what do I do? Let me figure out. Like, he has a place. He has a home, and I think that if he kind of shows that he's given them up and he's remorseful for, you know, for his betrayal of Joe's trust and all that... I think, and I don't even think it's betrayal so much as like he just needed to yeah. he needed to go through that himself. Mm. Yes, you know what I mean. That's that he that's the sort of revelation yeah. or epiphany that that's kind that of he, his rock bottom, right? Yeah, like in that moment where he realizes, oh, okay. Well, and he was ultimately he was doing it to get that life and that girl back. And in that right. moment when he realizes he's not getting that girl back and he's not getting that life back, then what is he doing this for? Right, exactly. And, so I I think he absolutely goes goes back to that life. Yeah, but, this is this is a brilliant movie. Like yeah. it's 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 an amazing it's amazing performances from everybody involved. Sound mixing. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Give it up absolutely. for the sound mixing in this movie. The way that they walked you through his experiences and made you feel, you know, the things that he was feeling by taking away sound and manipulating it, the implants and how weird things sounded and and how abrasive the like static and the you know the, it really mm-hmm. puts you into the character's shoes to to feel what he was feeling and i was right there just amazed by yeah. his performance and yeah. before we wrap up if you want to l- know if you want to learn more about the deaf community cochlear implants and deaf culture and and their relationship with cochlear implants there's a really good documentary that came out about 20 years ago called sound and fury and it's about two families with deaf children debating whether or not they're going to give these their their ah. children cochlear implants and and it's set against the backdrop of a city i think it's rochester new york where it's, it's um, belgium it's belgium yeah it's but it's rochester belgium uh <laughs> but uh but where there was like the first school for the deaf was located and so like it's considered like the most deaf friendly town in america like you can go to the grocery store and chances are the 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 clerk there knows sign language, right? Because if they're either they're deaf or they've got a kid that's deaf or a sibling that's deaf. And so like, it's, it's a second language for like 70% of the town. Okay. Um, but, uh, but it's a fascinating documentary. It's called sound and fury. There's also a, a follow-up sequel called sound and fury six years later. Not the best name, hmm. but, uh, <laughs> um, 
but anyway, it's it's a it's a fascinating documentary about that culture and and whether or not cochlear implants are a net positive for some people. So, hmm. um, well, I guess uh, that's it for this one. Let's uh, go around the table and everyone can say where to find them. This is Joe. You can follow me on the Twitter at Joey Butts, B-U-T-T-S 21. This is Kevin. Follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett. And this is Tom. You can follow me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. Find the show online, Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group, and uh, wherever you get your podcast from, be sure and subscribe so you never miss an episode. So that's it for this one. No idea what we're doing next time, but until then, this one goes to 11. Get ready for a spoiler. Won't say it twice because we already warned you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.